Welcome to You Might Hate This Book, where each episode one of us will recommend a book to the other. A book that we love that we suspect our co-host might hate. Well, hate is a strong word. How about falls outside of their traditional scope of interest. Fine, that's fair. A book they would never have chosen to read otherwise. We'll read the assigned book, then come back together to discuss. Did you love it? Or did you hate it? So you agree we might hate it. (sighs) Yeah, you might hate it. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Hannah. And you might hate this book. episode because we're fancy like that and we thought uh since the end of the year is upon us it would be a good time to give you some of our favorite books yeah of the year we're going to talk about things we like and not things we hate let's let's break the (laughs) little bit of positivity at the end of the year (laughs) so um stephanie and i are each gonna give three books that we read this year they didn't come out this year all of mine did oh well mine did not (laughs) um but that we read this year and liked, um, in case, you know, you want to pick them up for your New Year's reading resolutions. Yeah. So you want to go first? Okay. Okay. Um, do I start with my number one book or my number three book? Oh, I didn't rank mine. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever you want to start. Do you want to build up or do you want to... Okay. I will start with Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson. Black Cake? Have you heard of this book? No, I have not. Okay. Um, It has a 4.15 Goodreads review. Um, It was a Goodreads Choice Award nominee for Best Historical Fiction and a nominee for Best Debut Novel. It didn't win either of those categories, but it was nominated Nominated. for those categories. Gotcha. Um, I have a little synopsis, and then I can talk about what I loved. Okay, go ahead. Um, So these estranged siblings, Byron and Benny, are forced to come back together after their mother's death. Good name. When she leaves them a very confusing bequeathal. And yes, I chose to phrase it that way so that I could use the word bequeathal. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This confusing bequeathal is a black cake for them to share and a recording of her life story. Um, The book flips back and forth from the present where Byron and Benny are like grappling with their mother's Mm -hmm. death and the things that they're learning um, from this recording and their own relationship, which is estranged. Right. And then it flips back to a Caribbean island in the 60s where Covey, a headstrong and talented swimmer, escapes her home island under suspicion of committing a murder. This okay, and the family recipe for black cake like traces through the novel, and it's a story about lineage. So and there is literal black cake, yes, in the novel. Yes, okay, black cake is like this thru- motif, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I love a generational tale. I, you know what, I do too. I love a generational mm-hmm. tale. I love a generational tale about a culture that I am not part of and don't sure, understand. Yeah. And so... So um, this is Caribbean? Yeah. Okay. So she's from the Caribbean, and I don't know very much about the Caribbean at all, especially, like, mm-hmm. yeah. And so black cake is a very Caribbean thing. And it made me want to... Like, I Googled recipes for black cake. I don't think it's something I would actually like. For Oh, okay. For the record, it's a little... Yeah, tell me what it is. It's a little bit like what Americans would call, like, a fruit cake. It's, like, stone fruits very heavily saturated in uh, rum for, like, a year. Oh! Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's a 
fruit cake, and it's black because all the dried fruits are like saturated in this rum. Oh, okay. I have no idea what it tastes like. I did look up some recipes. It's a very dense, moist cake. I mean, I would try it once. I would definitely try it. I'm not sure I want to take the time to make it. Oh no! But the fact that this, like, the book talked about black cake enough that I was like, do I want to make a black cake? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love when a book can like make me want to taste this food that's talked about so much um just a beautiful generational tale it is just a very yeah nice heartwarming book okay sounds do you think i would like it or hate it are you gonna make Mm. me read it for the podcast i think you would like it okay well i'll try it yeah Uh, yeah it sounds interesting i'm I have a Kindle on my Christmas list, so I'm about to, like, read all the books. <laughs> I think you wouldn't love it necessarily, but I you I like would... generational tales. Yeah. I, I do yeah. like those. So, okay. Cool. Yeah. Black Cake. And what was the author? Um, Charmaine Wilkerson. Okay. Do you want to know my first one? Yes, please. Um, I debated including it, but if I'm being honest, it really was one of my favorite books <laughs> that I read in 2022. What is it? <laughs> It's 1Q84 by Haruki Murakami. <laughs> I am not going to say a lot because we've already done a whole episode. So it's also like a thousand pages. Oh my goodness. Um, it actually, okay, it came out in three parts in Japan. And when you buy it here, it's like still separated into parts, but it's in one bound book. Does he call it like a trilogy? Like, is it a trilogy? No, it's all one story. Okay. But I found out why it was published in three parts in Japan, which I thought was interesting. A lot of, there's a lot of commuting that happens in oh, Japan. And, and I didn't want a big old book yet to right? I was like, oh, this makes sense. He, yeah, they want smaller books because a lot of commuters will read on their I commute. once commuted with the third Stormlight book in my oh, purse. Dear. And I had to, like, literally buy a new purse to nope. commute with that book. Japan, you have the right idea. Yes. Some books just shouldn't be that big. Yeah. Also, public up. transportation. Yeah. We had more of it Yeah, here. Go Japan with public transportation. Um, but, yeah, so it's a hefty tome. I... <laughs> I live by an academic calendar, so I picked it up for fall break. It did take me longer than fall break to read it, but it was lovely. I so enjoyed his writing. I'm just going to give you, not even a synopsis, I'm going to give you um, some words. Tell Well, that makes sense because I know about his writing now. There's not a synopsis. There's just some words. So here's, here's some words to describe 1Q84 if you decide to pick it up. Two moons in the sky. An assassin who kills abusive men. Okay. You would like that angle. Yeah. Uh, a detective who is very ugly. <laughs> the little people, all caps, or capitalized li- little, capitalized P. This is a proper noun. The all I'm going to say about them. Okay. A publishing scandal with a ghostwriter and a real writer. and Yeah. Is the ghostwriter a real ghost? It would no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's a real person. Um, and a religious cult. I love a religious cult. Like, I almost think you might like this book, but I don't know. Um, and it is so gosh dang long. I would it's like long. I would it's, very easily give it a try. It's told through. It's similar to Kafka, and it's told through two different perspectives. Um, for the first two parts of the book, there is Tango, and there is Ayamame. Tango's a boy. Ayamame is a girl. Um, and then the last third part of the book alternates between three perspectives: Tango, Ayamame, and then Ushigawa. Who is the ugly detective? The ugly detective. Um, so that, and, but ultimately, all those disparate pieces come together to what I would actually call this book. Out of all the many things it's doing, I would call it a love story, and it was 
lovely. So I hate myself for being intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that I kind of want to try this It's book. long enough that there are aspects of it you would like. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I wanted to give that book either one or five. It was like yes. five was on the table. I think point. it gives you more of a resolution than Kafka. It does not give you all of the answers, but the things that I wanted to be resolved were resolved. Like, I asked Brandon at one point, because he had read it before, I said, does this happen? I need to know. Yeah. And he said, yes. So I was like, okay, I can keep reading. Okay. Um, I might could handle I might could handle it. I'm I mean, alarmingly tempted. Um, I wish it wasn't so long, because then I totally would. It's long, but it was not, it didn't feel long while reading, because yeah. because of his writing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I read Kafka pretty quickly. Yeah. Because it was engaging. So, and I did not look up what their reviews are or what awards they've gotten, so... Yeah. You can do that I yourself. Only, I only did that because I took note of the fact that they all had won awards. I was like, oh, well, might as well... That's yeah, cool. It probably has. Like, it's... Of all his writing, it's, like, the big one now. Yeah. Um, I should have thrown in their parallel universes, too, because 1Q84 is, like, a riff on 1984. I was gathered. wondering that. <clears throat> yeah. Q stands for question. Like, we don't know what year it is. <laughs> Of the three of his I have read, it's my favorite of the three. Okay. So far. So. Good to know. Yeah. What is your next one, Stephanie? Okay. True Biz by Sarah Novick, which you have heard me talk about before, whether or not you remember Mm -hmm. it. I think (laughs) I've seen that title, like, that cover. Um, It has a 4.14 on Goodreads. It was a Goodreads Choice Award nominee for Best Fiction. Mm. So, True Biz is an American sign language, like, slang term, Mm -hmm. um, which means... Really, seriously, definitely, real talk. Um, It has lots of different meanings. In the story, Charlie, a deaf girl who has a mother who is determined to ignore the reality of what it means to be deaf, um, she's thrilled to finally be not only, like, meeting her first other deaf person, but Mm -hmm. to be enrolled in River Valley School for the Deaf. So she can finally, like, be part of a deaf community and get to have access to education in a way that actually works for her and be given access to a means of communication, Mm -hmm. which she was denied before. And she gets to be, like, taught by teachers who understand her. When Charlie and two of the other students go missing from the school, the headmistress has to trace back the history of Charlie and her relationship to these two boys to try and figure out where they are now. So the book starts where it's like these students are missing, Mm -hmm. and then we jump back and we find out who Charlie is and how she, like, got to this point. Mm -hmm. And so... Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so what I really liked about this book was, like, obviously deaf representation. Yes. Like, how often do you read a book about, like, deaf characters? My sister has some recommendations about yeah, that in YA Lit, I know. It addresses social questions about sign language and mm-hmm. lip reading and cochlear implants and civil rights and education. There are things I obviously never thought about. Right. Just because... It's not your reality. Yeah, specifically... Especially at a young age, people who are deaf will be pressured to get cochlear implants. Yes. They don't often work as well as you might think, and sometimes they don't work at all. But my understanding from this book um, is doctors encourage you not to learn sign language because you're supposed to be listening. You're supposed to be trying to learn how to hear. Oh, But if your cochlear implant doesn't work and you're not learning sign language, that means that you are just living in a communication-less existence. Mm. You don't have the ability to communicate with anyone except unless, like, writing notes. 
And if you're just going to a public school, like, you cannot make friends. And, like, Mm-mm. how do you have a relationship with your parents? How do you have anything? And, like, that – I just That's found scary. that – I found that very alarming. And, you know, kids fall behind in school mm-hmm. not because they have any kind of intelligence problem. But, right. like, how do you learn stuff when right. – it, it just brought up a lot of questions of, like, why are we not more accommodating? And then – very few hearing people know ASL. And I saw like a TikTok from a deaf person who works at Starbucks and they have like a little, a little whiteboard just being like, which size do you want? And all you have to do is point. And they've had customers who like refuse to engage with them in this way and just say like, get, get me a hearing employee. So oh, it's like, that's awful. And yeah, and so this book just pointed out, like, the ways in which society is just, like, incredibly unaccommodating mm-hmm. to something that actually, like, if you tried... It's pretty prevalent. If you tried for a second, actually wouldn't be that hard to accommodate. Um, and I think I talked to you about this, how, like, technically deaf people are a race into themselves, and so trying to cure deafness is kind of a way of eradicating a race. Oh, that's... Um, which is very... Really uncomfortable. Yeah, that's very mm. uncomfortable. Mm. Um, nope. So, yeah, it brought up a lot of questions that I have never thought about, and I grew up learning some sign language, and it was something that I was very interested in, mm-hmm. and then at some point in my life, I was like, well, I'm not going to use this for anything, and so I stopped learning it, and I have regretted that for decades, because right. I loved doing ASL. Um, and this book has ASL lessons in it. So the way it's written, it'll have, like, story and then an interlude about, like, apropos of nothing, hey, here's um, a history of, like, a deaf colony in Rhode Island. So it's trying to teach you something about it. Yeah, and it'll... And then it teaches you how to sign certain things. It talks about... True biz, which is signed like this. I know you can't see me, but Hannah right. can. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and it teaches you how to sign true biz and the fact that, like, um, in the same way that there are puns in English learning, yes. there are puns in ASL. There are jokes that, that only like, work in yeah, sign language. Yeah, that only work in sign language. Mm-hmm. And, like, it has its own syntax. It has its yes. own whatever. And it just made me really want to just learn more. Mm-hmm. I have been trying to find ways to take... ASL lessons in a way that would be like that would work for my life right yeah. now. Um, it really was cool. a really cool book that you haven't read something like it before. You have not already read this book a, a hundred times, right? Um, right. It, I thought it was well written. It was very engaging, entertaining, and just very cool. Nice. Sounds like some good representation. Yeah. Well. So mm-hmm. True Biz by Sarah Novick. Nice. Um. Okay. So my second book, I did think about diversifying, like, oh, I should not choose all the same genre, but these are my favorite books. So <laughs> You're allowed to be what you are. Um, this next one, by the time this drops, we will have already met with our book club to do our annual uh, book swap, but I'm, you get a sneak peek because this is the book I'm going to bring. Yay! Um, it is called Piranesi by Susanna Clark. Okay. Now, Stephanie might make a face because Susanna Clark is also the author of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norwell, who... Uh, we've both tried to read that book, and neither of us... We both hate it so far. Yeah. yeah. I, to be fair, we have not finished it. Well, um, we've read enough to know that we didn't like yeah, it. but my husband loves that book, and so when Piranesi came out a few years ago, I bought it for him, and we put it on our shelf, and then we had two kids, so <laughs> neither of us ever read it. I wasn't, pl- I wasn't planning on it. I'm not a fan of her work. Yeah. Um, but then just this last year... 
my sister, who's a librarian, she says to me, oh, hey, I heard about this book I think you would really like. Let's do a buddy read. This was the summer. She was traveling. I was home. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, what book is it? And she told me, I was like, oh, yeah, I have it. It's on my shelf. She's like, well, I know what books you like, and I think you would like this. And you were probably like, oh, but I know this author. Yeah, Please. but it's also very short. Yeah. Uh, it's not like 1Q84. <laughs> it's very short, very consumable. So we did a buddy read. It's broken up into... Um, I think like six or seven parts. They're, yeah. they're not even really chapters. It's just parts. It's it's. I could have read it in a weekend if I wasn't doing a buddy we- read with Rachel. Um, but we were committed to like we would read a part and then stop until we yeah. could talk about it. And then we'd go on to the next one together. That's fun. Which was fun. Yeah, because it made us like not binge it, you know. Yeah. Um, okay, so the reason I like this book, I guess you would call it fantasy. It yeah. takes place in another world. Um it begins with, it's told from a first-person perspective, this one character, not named, at least not at the beginning, and he lives in this otherworldly, like, big building with all of these statues in it, like, just room after room after room of statues and marble floors, and there's also a lot of water that comes in and floods this building, almost like with a tide, like certain rooms. He knows the schedule. You can tell the the character has been here a while, and he knows the schedule. He knows how to get fish for himself and survives, like, all by himself in this huge... We don't even know how big building. And there's one other person here called the other is just what he calls him. And he has a meeting with him at a specific time every week. And that's where it starts. (laughs) So weird. It's very weird. You do get answers from this book. Yeah. Like you figure out who all these people are. I have strongly considered reading this book. Um, The reason I like it so much is the voice that she writes in that she creates with this character is so unique. I have never read a voice like this it's so clear while at the same time describing things that are so like wait what like it shouldn't be clear to be telling this story from his perspective yeah but it is and things are slowly revealed about what this place is and who both of these characters are um and what's going on it does have ties to our world eventually so you're not stuck in this like otherworldly title building, I guess, for lack of a better term. Title building. (laughs) I don't know what else to call it. Um, And it's very, very quick read. Yeah. You can read it quickly. So I would, it's one of those books I would recommend to anybody. I think it's a fun read. Are you going to assign it to me at some point though? I mean, I think you would like it. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I shouldn't. Yeah. (laughs) But I've strongly considered reading it. Yeah. I think, I think you would enjoy it. Okay. Um, Despite our well, experience I know you, with this author. Yeah. I know you have a copy, and I know that one of our friends is soon to have a copy if you're right. giving it away mm-hmm. at the... I am. Tomorrow. Book. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to give away Black Cake, but I did not find it at the bookstore oh, that I went no. to. So I picked a different book that is not on my list. Okay. Okay. My most favoritistest book of this year. Okay. Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by oh. Gabrielle Zevin. Well, I already like the Shakespeare reference. Yes, you, okay. you may know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it has a 4.35 on Goodreads, and it was the Goodreads Choice Award winner for Best Fiction. Okay. Um, it also won the Book of the Month Club oh, Best Book. Right. Well, all three of these books were Book of the Month Club books. Okay. I didn't get all of them from Book of the Month Club, but they were all picks. Once again, if Book of the Month Club would like to advertise with us. <laughs> yeah, just call us up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hit me up. This was a very popular book this year. Lots of people liked it. 
Sam and Sadie meet in the hospital as children and bond over a mutual love for video games, but their friendship dissolves when one of them does something to betray the other. Years later, when they're in college, they, like, accidentally reunite, and that fateful meeting begins a creative partnership that turns Mm -hmm. them into legendary video game designers who begin this awesome company that's super successful. I don't care about video games, like, at all. Right, me neither. At all. I've not read Ready Player One. Don't intend to. And this is the thing about that book. Ready Player One was very beloved. Oh, yes. But you needed to like video games in order to like it. Lots of references. Yeah. You don't have to give a crap about video games to like this book. Okay. And I love a book that can make me think for a second, am I interested in this? Mm -hmm. About something that I am not interested in. Yeah, like Black Cake or ASL. That means that you have described it and put me in the world Mm -hmm. in such a way that I think whatever you're talking about is beautiful and interesting, even if for my entire life I have not been interested in this thing. Okay. And it designed, or it, like, described video game design in such a beautiful artistic way that I was like, okay, the it's a beautiful, engrossing story. It is both fraught and sad and funny and mm-hmm. hopeful like oh okay it'll all make, the things it'll make you feel things okay um i had a serious book hangover like i oh no i finished this book like midday at work and i was like well what now i hate I just, those i hate those i just sat there for a minute and i was like well <laughs> what am i supposed to do with this myself. is why I try to read multiple things at once to avoid the book hangover because yeah. I just wander about my house. Yeah, <laughs> I just like took a break. I was like, I guess I'm gonna go to lunch because I can't. But you're feeling all these mo- yeah. emotions. I, so. What I did was I texted Kyle and Casey and said, I just finished this book and I want you to read it so that I can talk to you about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And so I made Kyle and Casey read it and then talked to both of them about it. That's cool. I'm intrigued by it because I, I also do not care about video games. You but don't have to. I think they're a very valid storytelling medium yeah. in our society. And I have actually watched Brandon play through some of the more story-based games and it was mildly enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I would like to point out that all of these books are, like, contemporary fiction mm-hmm. slash literary fiction. What's the difference between literary fiction and contemporary fiction? Like, what does it have to be to be literary? Old. <laughs> the older or, like, I mean... At some point, contemporary is not contemporary anymore, so then does it just move to literary fiction when it's no longer contemporary? Or does it have to be really of its time to be contemporary? Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how genres are quite decided. Black Kink is technically called historical fiction. I don't know why, because it's not about a historical moment. Like, it it goes back to the 60s, but it's not about, like... A historical event. It's just about the past. And I don't consider that historical fiction. That was a whole tangent. They were good, regardless. Yeah, that was a tangent just to say, like, I'll recommend a lot of thrillers and romance and whatever on mm-hmm. this podcast, but I think my favorite genre is contemporary fiction. And I think, I think that, that's true for you. You're, and You have a pulse on what's, like, hitting the bookshelves right now. Yeah. Where I'm like, here, let me give you a book from the 1700s. <laughs> <laughs> so I... I definitely noticed my pattern this year. I really liked and leaned in hard yes. to contemporary fiction. I really loved all of these books. 
I think you would at least like, if not love, all three of these books. I think so, too. I, I'm intrigued. I, I would pick those up, for sure. Can you explain to me why the title is a Shakespeare reference from Macbeth? Yes. <laughs> and I was telling my coworkers about this book, and I accidentally attributed the quote to Ham- to Hamlet. Oh, that's and okay. then, like, 30 minutes later, I was like, wait, 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 wait. I know probably no one cares, but it's, I need to tell you that it's Macbeth. Okay. <laughs> I got it wrong. But I am proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> I read this book a couple months ago, but my memory is that one of these other characters, not Sam or Sadie, the two main characters, but their best friend in the book, um, talks about why he loves video games. Mm-hmm. And it's that you get to to relive over and over again oh. tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Nice. And um, because I said they met in a hospital, so mm-hmm. obviously, like disability and illness are kind of part of Mm -hmm. the book and so having the ability to do things that you can't do in real life having the ability to have a fresh start Mm -hmm. and so that's where the tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow cool yeah i really loved it that's awesome well that leads into my last one really well great because i it also references shakespeare (laughs) and i want to leave the year on on a good note this is one you recommended to me (gasps) Yeah, really? yeah, it's If We Were Villains by M.L. Rio. Oh, I loved that book. It is a great book, and I listened to it. It's a good audiobook too. Yeah. It's part of, a, I think, either it's a burgeoning genre or a genre I have just now learned about. Dark Academia. Yes, that is exactly I love right. Dark Academia. I walked into a Barnes & Noble over Thanksgiving break, and this whole end cap like, had all these books and, like, a bunch of them I had read and liked. And I was like, ooh, ooh, what's this? I and think then both I, of us have a soft spot for Dark Academia. I know, and I saw the sign above it and it said Dark Academia. And I was like, ooh, okay. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I work in academics. I'm a little dark. Sure. <laughs> so this book centers around five friends. It's essentially a murder mystery. Yeah. I, I guess is what you would call it. Um, And you, it's, if you're a fan of the secret history. Yes. Is it the secret history or a secret history? Anyway, Secret History. I don't know. Donna Tartt. We both love that book, too. But if you're a fan of that book and, like, want another one in that vein, pick up If We Were Villains. That's a little bit pacier and more accessible. Yes. Uh, yes, for sure. Um, so it's f- five friends that all go to this, like, really small kind of exclusive liberal arts college in Illinois. And they're all not just theater majors, not even just acting majors. They're all majors in Shakespearean acting. Yep. <laughs> It's pretty niche. <laughs> and I love Shakespeare. So there's like, sh- I'm like, if you love Shakespeare, there are references galore. Yes. In fact, I think that's why you wanted me to read it. Yes. Because there's a little bit of a twist at the end that kind of hinges on whether or not you know this particular play. And I didn't. And I was like, right. I need someone who knows Shakespeare better than I do to tell me what happened at the end. <laughs> yes. Um, but it also like Secret History, you know from the beginning that one of the characters is in jail for Mm -hmm. the murder. You don't know at first who is murdered or obviously why. Um, So it kind of takes you backward through this year. Um, And there's lots of, you know, college angst and relationship angst and and obviously the mystery of it all and the Shakespeare of it all and the (laughs) drama of it all. It was a, a really fun I loved that book. It was that good. was another book, Hammer book. Oh, I, yes. The audio book is like eight hours long, and I started it on my commute on the way to work, and I listened to books at 1.25 or 1. 1.5, mm-hmm. so I finished it in my work day, and I, like, came out of my office, like, 
What's out happening? of hibernation. I was like, where am I? What is Earth? And I yes. was just texting you like, I need help. I'm yeah. lost in a world. Come get me. So they're all, my books were somewhat similar, but one was what, actually all three of them were ones that had been recommended to me by, by you, by Brandon, and by um, my sister Rachel. So Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Book recs. Great. Good thing. Yeah. So tell us what your favorite books were yes. of 2022. Leave us or leave us comments on our Instagram about what your favorite books were. We'd love to hear from yeah, you. Yeah, email us. Um, based on what we like, you get a sense of, you know, you, you might know another book that falls within our genres that yes. we enjoy. Or something outside, because we do like to learn. Yeah. Things. Happy reading in 2023. Yeah, and Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs>